0: The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It was
1: five years ago yesterday, if you could believe it. Now, maybe somebody in news media or somewhere has mentioned it. So you're like, yeah, I can believe that they have been talking about it for the last 24 hours. But I wonder if they will be, because it's one of those stories that was horrific when it happened. You figure it's going to be one of those events that will be remembered and talked about forever. And then it got like deep sixed, got like, 86ed, it like, just disappeared. Nobody talks about it anymore. What am I mentioning? The uh, horrible shooting that took place at the country concert uh, in Las Vegas five years ago yesterday. I believe 60 people died as a result of their injuries that night, and 400 plus other people were injured. One of the worst massacres uh, in American history. And um, a few weeks ago, I mentioned uh, the show, the Faith Based Show, that aired on Sunday, September 11th, 2022, was obviously the anniversary of 9/11, 2001. Uh, and I was mentioning to the guys who are on the panel here, who, who I'll introduce in just a second, how you know, other horrible things happen. Hurricanes hit the the Gulf Coast and people die. Uh, the horrible tsunami that hit the Philippines a number of years ago. Uh, these Horrible atrocities happen, natural disasters, man's inhumanity to man, these sorts of things. And at times like this, it's not unusual for people to say, where's God? Is there a God? What does this mean? So here to answer that question today, definitively and once and for all, uh, the, the great faith debate panel has Assembled. I am Troy Skinner. I'm the pastor of a church called Household of Faith in Christ. We have a website. You can find us online at householdoffaithinchrist.com, and the other three men joining me uh, for the show here today are also uh, pastors or an elder uh, role with uh, house churches uh, in the region. Uh, Imran Razvi, his church meets in the, the the northern area of Frederick County, up in the Thurmont area. David Forcia, I don't know where he meets anymore. I think it's mostly on the south side of Frederick County, but I think. I think they try to change things up on occasion to, uh, to confuse and throw me off the scent. <laughs> uh, anyway, David Forcey's uh, uh, been doing his house church now for about, I guess, three-ish years, something like that, uh, yeah, ballpark. And Ron's right. been doing his for, I don't know, quite a while now, Ten plus, years. 10 plus years. And then Steve Yerger, uh, is, um, he's involved with a, a, a group of families that rotate the houses they meet at in Adams County. Uh, Pennsylvania has been doing that for, if I remember correctly, seven years. Um, so altogether, that's, uh, we, we got 25-plus years of house church experience. And if you add other pastoral experience that we might have in the room, I'm sure we're well over, well, we got to be well over 30, might be somewhere around 40 years-plus experience of pastoral experience in the room to talk about this issue. Some people, you know, that's the problem of evil, right that's that's kind of the big umbrella issue uh but not just any old uh evil i'm talking about like the evil that captures your notice nobody could mistake the evil that took place on tuesday morning september 11th 2001 (laughs) you know when those buildings came down the pentagon got hit the plane crashed in pennsylvania um there's no mistaking that the what happened uh five years ago yesterday there's no mistaking that evil What's going on there? What do you, what do you say to somebody when they come to you and say, man, was God like taking a nap? Is this evidence there is no God? Is this evidence that we have an impotent God? Is this evidence that God doesn't care that much? You know, what do you Christians say about this? Well, what What do we say about this?
2: I think one of the, you know, if we're, if we're going to sort of wrestle with it, you know, at an at an intellectual level, right? People are, if someone's asking questions or trying to analyze their, um, you know, and, and that's the way that a lot of people try and manage their feelings. Um, but I, I think, I think one of the first questions to, to ask, you know, just really is to say, well, who, um, who does, who does God say that He is? Um, you know, there. Uh, it, it seems to me like a lot of times when people are asking, asking this question, they're, um, they're thinking about who they, who they maybe want God to be, or, um, you know, some idea that they have that they, you know, they hope God is, rather than. Considering that that God is is who He is, and um, yeah, and and so yeah, you know, it's almost like people ask that question, trying to decide whether they whether they want there to be a God or want to believe in God or not. Um, which I, you know, it's not it's not the not the right approach.
1: Yeah, and I'll and I'll before I uh, go to the other guys on the panel, I just want to say that uh, if there's not a God then your answers to what that horrific evil is all about, like there either is no answer or there's no good answer. The only good answer comes with the idea that there really is a God. And so if they're wrestling with, well, do I even want there to be a God? You, when it comes to dealing with evil, you want there to be a
0: God. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I would like to just say that the real challenge is to help this person or this wave of questions that come to you is what God is not and there needs to be um, it's it's a very difficult process but to sit there and painfully go through and listen and see where this person is coming from because it comes accusatory because they don't understand um, they don't understand the dynamic of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light they don't understand Uh, the legal grounds that uh, The enemy has in this world and so to try to unpack that in a very emotional uh, charged moment uh, takes real uh, prayer being led by the Spirit of God and to prayerfully be able to take this individual from a, a crisis and trying to figure out who God is, and you know, bring it to a place where they're able to come to Jesus, and that uh, takes um, some some real wisdom and understanding from above, and that's something that needs to be tackled because we have all experienced where people just come and make these blanket statements and say a particular scripture, and just broad brush everything and it, it really can do much more harm than good
1: the first voice you heard on today's uh, show other than mine was david forcey's that last voice you just heard was uh, steve yurgers and uh, now we're going to hear from imran rasby and uh, steve mentioned like the highly emotionally charged situation and when i mentioned to you guys before we started this show that you know what the top was going to be uh, you shared an emotionally charged situation where somebody turned completely away from god because of his personal it wasn't a 9-11 event it wasn't a las vegas shooting event it was a more personal event with somebody who lost a pet you, you know you can if you want to weave that into what you're gonna say here that might be good sure i mean i had a friend
3: um... in college uh... he had a very uh, traumatic experience when he was young probably seven or eight years old he, his pet just died and he asked his pastor or his parents pastor um... will my dog go to heaven sweet little kid wanted an answer wanted uh, some reassurance because when we're hurting we want reassurance that's what we're looking for we're looking for somebody to pat our back to hold us to hug us to have a, have some solid solid ground under our feet and this pastor said no the bible doesn't say anything about uh, a dog going to heaven so your dog's not going to heaven well that turned him completely away and didn't he had no desire or interest to even hurt read the bible hear about the bible or god or anything else for the rest of his life he uh, he died an atheist and uh you know it was very sad but he would not even have a conversation um, what I wanted to say is that these times of stress, uh, tragedy, they're actually, you can think of that as a blessing. Because when are we most open to hearing is when there is stress. If everything's hunky-dory, everything's perfect, you've got all your needs met, and you don't need to depend on, on God, you depend on yourself. Then you are basically walking away from God all the time because you're t- taking care of yourself. And that, that's, that's where the... The love of money is the root of all evil because if you love money so much, you're depending on your own money and your own things, and you have no reason to depend on God. Mm-hmm. So when 9-11 happened, um, they said there was a, it, it brought more people to church than any of the time in history. And that was uh, probably the best thing that ever happened for the Muslim world. Why, you might ask. I mean, we went and fought. The West went and fought against the Muslim world. But what happened was many many people dropped to their knees and prayed for the muslim world and there were dreams and visions and christ working in many amazing ways in the muslim world bringing people to christ and bringing uh, you know the the, the knowledge and wisdom of the true god there that's what tragedy does tragedy opens up a pathway from the spiritual world to this world it opens up our hearts to be receiving at least some Mm -hmm. comfort from somewhere because we're seeking comfort when there's no tragedy why do we need comfort?
1: Yeah, I, 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 uh, I agree with the, the spirit of what you said and some of those uh, specific examples that you, that you use. I mean, there's no speaking against the experience that those people had. But as a general rule, I think that what happens when there's some traumatic experience that happens in the world or in our lives directly, we're looking for the comfort, looking for the reassurance. And so we're looking for answers. And so when the church responds in a biblical way, and they pray for people, and they pray with people, and they proclaim the truth of the gospel and the need for Jesus, and and the, and what is the reality about God and how He works in the world, and 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 all of those sorts of things. Then good things happen. But if a church doesn't do its job, and we've seen this the last couple of years, I mean, there's been all sorts of tumult in the world, and we don't see people flooding to the churches. And those who are going to the churches, they're not getting what I just said. They're not getting biblical truth consistently enough from most of the churches. I would like to think that the four churches that are represented in this room right now are exceptions. And I, and I have every reason to believe that, you know, I'm not seeing what you guys do every week, but I have every reason to believe that you are exceptions. And I like to count myself among the exceptions, but we're small potatoes compared to what passes for the church these days. And so the church has to have the right response. Otherwise, people are going to find their answers in lies, or they're going to think they found answers in lies, and they're going to live with that lie for a period of time, maybe until their grave. So we have to have the right answers.
0: I think part of the issue is what has happened with the pandemic in the last two years. A lot of people were told to stay away from church. They went virtual. They got comfortable in that virtuality. Their and own now, pastors
1: told them to stay away from church. Let's exactly. be clear about this. Okay. So
0: <laughs> in that reality, home church seems to be the alternative or the response from the Holy Spirit to really bring people back together because the current system and the way it is set up is actually failing. And maybe God allowed this to happen so that that would be a, a reality because The Bible clearly says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. And, boy, we were told exactly the opposite of that. And when bad things happen, people get
1: fearful. And we reinforced that. We basically said, yep, you're afraid to die. You should be afraid to die. Don't come to church. That's not the message of the gospel. So, again, reinforcing what the the right thing. Let's use the... uh, uh, the answer, I mean, I don't want to make it about pets necessarily, but let's use that as an example, a tangible example. You've got a young child who's had a dear pet die, and they ask you, is my is my pet going to be in heaven? You know, what are some better ways to explain the tragedy that's happened with the loss of his pet and, and, and how you would handle, because I don't know what you guys believe about pets in heaven or not. I'm, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure what I believe about pets in heaven. So, how do we uh, you know, how do we pastorally handle that in the mind of the 7-year-old, the evil that has happened? How do we answer that?
2: I think uh I think it's good to ask ask questions of people who are trying to wrestle with some sort of difficulty. Um because they, they may not entirely be aware of what they're what they're wrestling with. That's inside of them. They just know that that something is has has disturbed them, and uh, so there's there's probably a, a, a deeper issue going on. You know what uh, you know. And so, so it's hard hard for sometimes for people to say, okay, what. What is it that I want? Why, why am I asking these questions? What am I trying to get to here?
1: I think what I might uh, put myself on the spot, because I'm reading the body language in the room and nobody's exactly leaning into the mic, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here for a second. I think what I might say, is, I mean, everything's an opportunity to try to share the gospel and what an open invitation you have. So you have a chance to say, you know, that's a, that's a really good question, Johnny. <laughs> you know, our pet's in heaven. And the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about that, although I do have reason to believe that there are animals uh, in the renewed creation. I I have reason to expect that that'll be part of our expectation. And will our pets be among those animals? I think that's possible. I'm not wise enough to know for sure, but you know who is? God. Because God made everything, and he knows the answer to that question. And whatever the answer to that question is, it's the right answer, because he's a good God. He made you... In his image, he loves you. He cares for you. He made all the animals. He made your pet. And whatever's best for you, whatever's best for that pet, is, that's what's going to happen. And if you want to hold in your heart the idea that, well, that means I'm going to be re- reunited with, uh, you know, with uh, Rufus, my, my, my pet beagle, <laughs> um, I, I don't think there's any harm in that. But, you know, you might be wondering also, why did Rufus die at all? That's because we live in a broken world you know we're made in god's image but we 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 make bad decisions and so we don't live up to that image like johnny you've made mistakes right you, know, you you've you've disobeyed your mom you've you've taken a piece of candy that you shouldn't have taken or whatever you've you've ripped a toy out of a friend's hand because you wanted it more you know than you wanted to be a good friend those are bad things right well that's called sin and that has to be dealt with and uh and it is, and so that's why your mom has and your dad, they have to correct you and, and, and teach you the right way. But uh, that doesn't make everything just go away and be good. And so it has, to be, it has to be taken care of by God in a permanent, perfect kind of a way. And that's why we teach you about Jesus and the importance of what Jesus did and the perfect life lived and how he ended up dying on the cross. And, and, that, and that's uh, to pay the punishment that we all deserve. And then out of gratitude, we want to live a a life of obedience and uh, where where, where we try to be good people to honor God uh, because everything's to be for God's glory and eventually we'll join him forever in glory. And you know what, Johnny? That's really what it's all about. And this is what I was getting to, by the way, guys, at the beginning where we need to have uh, God to answer evil. Mm -hmm. Everything is ultimately for God's glory. So even the evil that God allows to happen, or in some cases, You know, would cause to happen as far as, you know, sending judgment upon a nation or something like that. Uh, All of those things that we would call as evil, um, these bad things that are happening, none of them happen without a purpose. And all of them ultimately have the purpose of glorifying God, a glory that He chooses to share with His people forever, (laughs) right? Because we're co heirs with Christ. And so, we might not understand, but God understands. And we're like, why did this happen? Why did the building topple over and kill the family? a uh, story from scripture. Why, what, what happened there? Why did it topple over? What happened? Did, did he sin, did his parents sin? Like what's going on there? It happened because God was gonna use it for his glory. You know, the story of Joseph in the latter chapters of Genesis and his brothers are horribly mean to him. They're gonna kill him. They ended up selling him into slavery. And then years later, they reconnect and he has this wonderful picture of forgiveness for the family. But it's not just forgiveness, it's a wonderful picture of understanding who God is and what's really what time it is, what's going on. And he says, look, I know, brothers, you intended this for evil. And you know what? It was evil. You intended for evil. It was evil but God intended it for good. He's using that for his glory. He's using that in this moment, even to demonstrate forgiveness. He uses it to position me to be able to feed you because there's a famine coming. So we don't understand all these things. If you don't have God, you don't have a reason for the evil. It's meaningless evil. You don't even have a grounds actually for calling it evil for that matter <laughs> without God. Right. So there's that issue. But But by our own standards, yeah, that's bad. That that person shouldn't have raped that woman. You know what? That person should not have raped that woman. And somehow, some way, while that rapist intended it for horrible, horrible, deep, dark evil, in some way, somehow God is using that, intending that for good. And it's difficult for us to understand how that is. But there is an ultimate kind of a purpose involved. And so, yeah, we're, we're rebellious against God all the time. But God is good and gracious and perfect in his understanding and his knowledge. And if we don't have him, all we have is we're just a bunch of disconnected molecules. Where's the meaning in any of that evil? There's no meaning in good. There's no meaning in evil. There's no meaning in anything. And that's kind of the world we are living in right now, very
0: nihilistic, where there's everything's meaninglessness. Or So well, anyway. Interesting you say that because there was a man that was born blind from birth. And, you know, there's quite a conversation going on in the scriptures. But ultimately, the end of that conversation is that that blind man would bring glory to God. And how Jesus exemplified uh, a time and a place to heal that man at a particular moment that brought glory to God. So, God uses all things. And God does not rejoice at the death or the punishment of the wicked. But yet, justice. You know, it says foundation. Uh, the uh, righteous and in, tr- in truth are the foundation of His throne. So, He's God, and we submit to that. And it doesn't mean that what happened five years ago yesterday
1: uh, was good because it's going to glorify God. God's going to use it. For, and it's still it's evil. What happened, but God can use it for uh, for good. Does use it for good. Mm-hmm. And,
3: yeah, many times those type of situations brings a, bring a lot of people to the saving grace of Christ. They've, they are open enough to actually search out and, and be open to hearing what God has for them. Uh, we had a little girl one time ask, well, did God make a mistake when he created the devil? Think about it, right? From a little girl's point of view, did he make a mistake? Well, no, God does not make mistakes, but to truly understand good, you must see evil. You can't understand otherwise. Same thing with the Old Testament and the New Testament. You can't understand love if you don't know the fear of God. The wisdom begins with the fear of God. If you don't have the fear of God, there is nothing to show you love. What is love without the fear? So the whole Bible is very important to, to, to go to and to learn from and, and so forth. And there is lots of evil all throughout. But those are the times where people search out and are open to a connection with God and having a relationship, which ultimately saves them from eternity of hell.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, theologically, I'm not sure I could 100% agree with how that was stated. I understand the the point being made, though, because, you know, the, the the bad, the evil, the darkness provides the relief, the backdrop. It's like when you go to the jewelry store and they, they drop the uh, the diamond on the on the counter they don't just put it on like a, a white background they put it on like a black velvet background because that black background really helps the brilliance of the diamond to, to, to shine and reflect the lights in the ceiling kind of thing better so it can help us to see the good and the beautiful better but I don't think it's necessary because theologically before the creation of the world you know we have an eternal existent triune God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit perfectly know good and they know what good is, but there was no evil within the Godhead. And so I don't think you have to have evil to know the good, but it certainly does help us from our perspective to understand the need for the good at the very least and, that, and, what, the, and what not good looks like in comparison. I don't know if that's a,
0: a nuance you guys agree or disagree with. but Well, it's interesting that in that perfection, when Lucifer says iniquity was found in the somehow in that perfection and that goodness something happened and there was a choice to go down that that real dark road and we know the history we know what that caused, we know the whole temptation with Adam and Eve and that whole process and it can be a very deep rabbit hole dive down but there are a lot of questions out there people are going, why? Why does it exist? Why did it happen? Um, but Ultimately, we know that Jesus came, died on the cross, that redemption, that bloodshed, so that we could be reconciled to him, which is a very important aspect to our redemption. And in a very personal kind of way, you might be going through your own
1: personal tragedy right now, and you have these kinds of questions, and we haven't answered them sufficiently on this show. Feel free to reach out to me. Go to my website, householdoffaithinchrist.com. Find my contact information. You can talk to me or Imran or David or... Steve's up to it, Steve. He's not part of the regular panel here, but uh, he might be hoping to talk to you too. Any of us would be glad to talk you through it. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless.